on CW contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. You are listening to DC on CW, the Arrow Edition on Rain Man Digital. If you're listening from your desktop, you can take us mobile by downloading that Rain Man Digital app available on the iTunes Store and Google Play Store. Simple, simply search Rain Man Digital. You can also find us on demand through iTunes and Stitcher by searching DC on CW. Once you're there, go ahead and leave us a review. It helps us out. Let Mike know that you appreciate me hosting over Ryan because Ryan's not here today. Oh, <laughs> that's not a thing. That's aggressive. Bob. Oh, whatever. I got to take advantage. I know you ain't going to listen back. Oh, that's true. We, yeah. can, we can pretty much say whatever we want. Exactly. About. Yeah. Because that's it, what we do every time. We take advantage of these moments. Exactly. I am the one and only Bobby D. And with me in the studio today is Michael Flores. Hello. And Angelica Dawn. Hi. Hi. Hello. Yeah. So uh, Ryan is once again AWOL um, getting shot in the face by men with little plastic pellets. That's not really what he's doing. Yes, right? he is. So that's really what he's doing for for sure this time. For sure. For really reals this time, he's playing war. Oh, here I thought he was uh, working. Actually working. I was no. like, oh. He's being the envy of a bunch of virgins everywhere. Oh, that changes everything. <laughs> you know, he is the cool guy among nerds, isn't he? Like he has the M3. He, he, is he the adult amongst his group of uh, shooters? Yes, by far. Like, so they, they think they, he's they God. All, they all look up to him. Yeah, he's God. Yes. He's like, oh my God, you have a car and you and you get laid. Yeah. But what happens <laughs> on dates when Ryan's like, yeah, um, I play fake war. No big deal. Like, how does that go over? <laughs> yeah, this is how it goes over. Oh, what do you do for a hobby? Yeah, well, you know, I do a lot of like military stuff. Oh, you're in the military? <laughs> no, I actually play war. You play <laughs> war? Okay, uh, check please. <laughs> That sounds really uh, disrespectful, but okay. Uh, I have to go. My cat. What well, well, uh, well, happened? Right what? Like yeah, I'm, I'm, dead. I'm allergic. I'm <laughs> to to what? <laughs> I'm allergic to stolen valor. I must go. See you later. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but not wrong. That's so fucked up. All right, today we'll be <laughs> breaking down and discussing Arrow season six, episode twenty-one, docket number eleven, nineteen forty-one seventy-three, the trial of Oliver Queen. I don't know what I expected Guys, out of this one. But I thought it was the finale. <laughs> <laughs> it had a finale feel to it. Yeah, it was it was good enough to be a finale. I mean, and that's I can't believe I'm saying that. Honestly, because I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Could you Im- yeah. could you imagine a finale without a like huge war scene? Like there was no Oliver Queen as Green Arrow throughout this whole episode. It was an but Oliver there were Queen. some badass scenes. Oh no, without a doubt, there was some dope ass things and we'll get into it but it goes to show you bob that 
this show can be much more than just the vigilante action. Not that I have a problem with that, but this is an example of using Stephen Amell's talent as an actor because Mm -hmm. there were so many emotional highs in this episode and a lot of it was tent-pulled by him. He did a great job. Oh, yeah. And we'll get into that with the breakdown. Um, It was definitely continuing down that course correction route that we've seen probably for the last four or five weeks. And I'm actually getting excited about viewing Arrow again, where if you would have asked me, what was it, probably seven, eight weeks ago when I had to take over the show because we had no fucking clue what to do because it was such a turd. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't expect to be like, oh, and I appreciate what they're doing now. But again, they've done what they needed to do to make me believe in them again. Yeah, they had to fire people. Yes. They they weren't <laughs> afraid to get rid of shitty. To be a fly on the wall of that room when they fired Miracle and Guggenheim, I I would have paid top dollar to be to witness that. You want that as a Patreon tier? I, I want to capture their tears in bottles and store it on a ledge because I hate them that much. The fallen showrunners. <laughs> I want to celebrate their tears. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we're probably gonna shed more tears because it was leaked that uh Paul Blackthorne, Junk Captain Lance, would be exiting after season six. <laughs> Um, so we will be it's seeing because he's not drunk Captain Lance anymore. Uh, unfortunately, I think he's going to die. Um, yeah. I think so. And the best thing to come out of this story this week was that Stephen Amell was pissed right the fuck off. He's really. Oh, yeah. He's been firing back on Twitter because all these press leaks that are going out. He tweeted out right after that this came out. To all the trades who couldn't just sit on a piece of information for a few weeks in in order to enhance the viewing experience for fans of our show. Congratulations. I hope it was worth all the clicks. Yeah. That is an angry star right there that's firing back at people. As he should be. They they are doing such a great job of fixing what what was completely ruined, I feel like. Like it was not enjoyable to watch. And they're doing such a great job of fixing it and for them to ruin it like that. Cause now, now we like, no, like he's going to die. Like, and, and that's really frustrating as a viewer, but can you imagine like he loves this role and he fights for it so much. So I completely understand he is allowed to bitch about it. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree with Angelica. And in fact, I retweeted, which I very rarely talk or retweet stars that I'm not friends with officially on Twitter. I okay, just, I, cool guy. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I just I feel, I feel weird retweeting or talking to him I, just because I don't know the guy. But what he said just resonated because it's something that we talk about all the time on pretty much every single show on this network. We say that the trades and these blogs have lost sight of promotion and what true promotion is because they just they just release spoilers after spoilers after spoilers and it ruins the viewing experience for so many shows nowadays because I I get there's a thin line between marketing and promotion and releasing spoilers but so many of these alleged marketing campaigns they do now on social media it's spoilers it ruins the show and to find out that you know Paul Blackthorne's leaving. There's no other way he's leaving but in a box. So yeah. we already know that his character is going to die, and that that ruins the finale. Yeah, exactly. Because now we know that Sarah Lance is coming back for the finale, and he's leaving the show. Why the fuck would she come back from Legends unless he's dead? 
Yeah. You know, it's not like we're going to get a surprise wedding and he's going to go off and bang Mama Smoke in Vegas for oh. the rest of his life. Hopefully he he gets to do it one one more time before he dies, though. <laughs> one more time. One more time. I would plead. I just got to get it in, please. I, I would plead with the writers. Give me one more sex scene with her, please. Just one more sex scene. Even you know, though he didn't get one before, but just go with it. Hey, it's new new group of writers. You guys can write sex scenes in, right? Yeah, just lie to the writers. The new writers don't know any better. It's yeah, like, oh, hey, yeah. we had a sex scene early on. It was cut out. Did you not watch it? Did you not watch the episode? I should really go back and watch the old ones. It was great. Steaming, best ratings ever. Please do it. Yeah. For me. So it it again, it's a it's a sad time, I guess, but it's a good time for him to leave because I don't know what else they could do with him. Especially with the the entire arc that new Laurel has gone through, which I feel is really meaningful for the story. Mm -hmm. But where do you go now? You got to get rid of one of them. Yep. And, uh, she's the pretty one. Yeah. It's well, and it sucks too, because I think about, I think I know where the story is going to go because of it. And I'm excited. Oh yeah. Because of the character growth, the potential character growth there. And it's something on the line now. Um, Yeah. That we can believe that would happen based on what we've seen from Diaz. Um, yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this ends up playing out next week. But unfortunately, it's six seasons later and he will be leaving the show. What do you think he's going to do? Do you think he's going to gonna go keep banging? Wasn't he banging Kaylee Duckle? Oh, really? The one from Big Bang. Oh, wow. Look I, at him. I think he was hitting that for a while. Well, he's... And he likes to save rhinos. Really? Yes, I think that's his cause. That's funny. I don't know. I mean, you have a guy that's been on a show for six years. Like, where do you go now? Does he continue on like a lot of these people that can't let go of the DC on CW world, the Arrowverse? Do we see him going someplace else? Do we see him coming back because we have those other worlds? I I I want them to be done? done with the multiverse. Let's just bring in new people all the time. I don't want to see him show up with a bad toupee and. <laughs> You know, be like, um, Earth Seven, drunk Captain Lance. How are you? <laughs> I, I agree. More importantly, what happens to his Twitter? Is he going to be Ghost Captain Lance, <laughs> drunk Ghost Captain Lance? Yes. Same thing that happened to the Little Diggle Twitter account. Yes, it just morphs into somebody else later on. <laughs> so uh, another announcement that's really not DC on CW related, but kind of is, is that they named the DC Online service DC Universe. Um, and with that announcement came out some more shows. We will now be getting a Swamp Thing, a an adult Harley Quinn cartoon. Oh, what? Yes. Those are both good things. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hyped about the Swamp Thing. Yeah. That will join uh, Young Justice getting picked up by him. And then the uh, Titans show that was dropped by TNT, which is also a Berlanti production. Uh, Wait, all these are Berlanti productions? No, uh, Titans is the only Berlanti production, but that was supposed to be on TNT. They shot the pilot for it. TNT dropped it. DC Universe is now making that the cornerstone of their new streaming network. Really? But Swamp Thing is not? No, I I believe those are Swamp Thing and um, Young Justice Outsiders and Harley Quinn will all be cartoons. See, that's a shame for Swamp Thing just because I was getting giddy and geared for some justice league dark. Now that Constantine is a permanent on legends of tomorrow starting next year. It's like, well, they're introducing swamp thing. This could actually happen. Cause do you honestly see them bringing on another swamp thing? If they have an actual swamp thing show. Well, see, and this is what we, uh, I wanted to bring up. I hope that this DC universe does not 
choke down the characters that we can use. You know, we have that problem already with the movie universe. Mm. I don't want another entity coming in and just stealing characters again. Because I was the same boat with you with Constantine being on Legends next year. I was like, they could pull a Swamp Thing. Yeah. If anything. Um, and now I see Swamp Thing is going to be there. I'm hoping that they're smart enough to realize that we are smart enough to distinguish between two universes, between cartoons and reality, and that they don't put those um, limitations on the characters. You don't think it would get too watered down having too many of the same characters popping up? What well, would well, no, because if they're going to do a Harley Quinn cartoon in like an adult fashion, right? And they're going to have the Harley Quinn movie some way or another, whether it's Gotham Sirens, the Harley Quinn origin story, Joker and Harley, or right. whatever three thousand movie ideas we've seen for Harley Quinn come out of um, these trades. I don't think it'll be confusing for them. Um, and when you want to kind of expand your universe and put on a network that you want people to actually pay money for, you have to like go balls out and just open it up for everything. Yeah. So my question is, at what point do we have we do we have too many of these? We know that the Disney one is coming where they're pulling all the Star Wars Disney and Marvel films off of Netflix and stars, I believe, and that they're going to open up their own one. Like what is the price point at this? Mike, me and you both dropped direct TV because we were paying out the ass for our service to go to streaming services. If we keep adding these nine 99 or whatever the final price is going to be, what is too much for us? That's a great point And a great question because I know Disney had a decent perspective price for their service uh which i think it was five dollars a month and they're purposely lowballing it yes because they don't want people to get upset and think that they're trying to be the next netflix because they specifically said they're not we're not trying to be netflix we're just trying to cut out the middleman so we can offer you know big budget content at a at a lower price and we can do that when we run our own network essentially so if DC follows suit, they do the exact same thing as what Disney's doing and they go for a low price. I mean, four or five bucks is nothing to like shrug at. I mean, that's decent. Yeah. I mean, to, or I should say scoff at. But the question remains, is the content going to be worth it? And and B, how does their hierarchy work? Who's actually running the DC streaming service? Because that can also tell you how much money they're going to spend. Between Warner Brothers or DC, who, who's pulling the strings? Right. If it's Warner Brothers, then you can expect a high price because they don't have the infrastructure like Disney does. Mm -hmm. They don't. They can't offer the lower price because of that. Disney can. So it just comes into the who's actually in charge will come into play. Is it just DC? Are they cutting out the middleman? Or is it Warner Brothers? But I don't know how they're how DC operates. Does DC operate with Warner Brothers for all TV? Yeah. Period. I believe so. I feel like yeah. What a fucking shit deal, dude. How, who made that deal? They should be shot. I feel like it's. I feel like it's always been like that. Yeah, DC and Warner Brothers have been connected at the hip for as long as I can remember. That's true, but Marvel was also attached to various studios as well for for decades. But, yeah, but then they decided to gain and. Re control over their content and start their own thing which has been a blessing for them as well as the fans yeah uh for me because they they call this a, a i think an immersive digital experience designed just for dc fans they need to put the comic books in here 
for me to be interested because those th- those four shows don't do it for me. But you you start giving me an online digital library to go with it because Marvel already has Marvel Unlimited. Um, then there's Comicology Unlimited to where I think one of them's like seven ninety nine a month and one of them's like four ninety nine a month. But none of them have the DC library. They don't. You're right because I am a subscriber of Comicsology and I always have to buy the DC content separately because it's not a part of it. So that that's a good idea. They should do that. They they need to because that's where they're lacklusting. Because again, this isn't me being a DC fanboy at all. DC stories in their comics are a thousand times better than anything I've ever read in Marvel. I, I could sit here and tell you a hundred different titles that I prefer over the first Marvel title that will come up. And I think they're missing out on that. For me, for this to work, and I, I kind of mentioned this a little bit in Flash, so if you're a fan of both, I'm sorry for repeating myself, but I want to be able to watch this Swamp Thing episode, and you want more from Swamp Thing? Here are the comic books. That's Click amazing. There, fucking download that shit right away. Dude. Be able to read comic books. There's so many like avenues that they can go to be absolutely, completely different than anything we've seen and be successful. That's a solid business model. It makes no sense for them not to do that. Could you imagine like, oh, we just got done watching, you know, they bring up Smallville or, you know, they need to go through their library and bring all those back. Batman 66, Smallville, the original Flash show, things like that that are all out there. Batman, the animated series and being able to finish an episode and going. How much would you pay for all of that? See, for me, like if they gave me all of that, I would probably pay like $14.99. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I would I would even say like 20. Like I think about it and that's how much a trade is. And if I'm buying like a trade a month because I like to support, you know, small comic book shops. Yeah. That yeah, I would totally pay like 15 like 20 bucks a month. Yeah. And and you brought up something really interesting there. You know, you you like to support the trades. And it would be interesting to talk to people like some of our comic book creator friends and how do royalties work when oh, those digital services come right. up? Because if they do something like that, would the David Barons, you know, the Jim Lees and all these guys that we know that create comic books get their money, you know, in their yeah. royalty checks? Or would it just be part of a streaming service and be like, yeah, fuck it. You guys don't get shit. Well, didn't Barons bring that up about Comicsology, and he said he was okay with it? Uh, well, it would be different because at least with Comicsology, you're paying per book. You know, you're not getting... You know, if they are on unlimited, I don't know how that that uh, that tier works or how they would get paid based if it was a free book in their prime. Probably no different than how they do. It's a, probably a similar deal to um, rentals mm-hmm. when you do rentals for movies. OK, probably the same setup. They get a percentage of based on how many people are reading the comics. So if you spend you don't think it would just be like royalties type of deal it could be but I, w- I would also imagine if you made the right deal because again this is what dvds and movies do for uh distribution and video on demand is y- you get royalties but then you also are going to be getting paid based on how many people are viewing your movie as well so basically what would happen would be hey let's let's say you spend 10 15 bucks and you can keep track easily because you're in charge of your service you know exactly what people are watching and what they're reading you can kind of surmise okay well all right 20,000 people read this issue of Batman and now this person, the writers or creators are going to get the bigger piece of the pie this month because their issues were read. They're pushing the... Does that make sense? Yeah. Which that would be fair. And I can't imagine any comic book publishing company making a deal other than that 
honestly, because anything else is a steal. You're stealing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why aren't we running the world? I don't understand. We have great ideas, exactly. guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because, <laughs> a, a, again, a, a perfect, like, completely immersive world of being able to jump from the TV to the books or books to TV. Well, it's fun, dude. It's it's what we do with, uh, like, with some of these shows when we introduce new characters. Oh, yeah. What do we do? We, we go do, and we, reference. We do research. We reference who these characters yeah. could be or are. And imagine that in an actual TV medium where you're watching the show and then at the end of the credits or even during the movie, you have the... There's like a little pop-up, like pop-up video, but for nerdy shit? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's interactive, right? That's what you said, Bob? Yeah. See, that would make sense. Be like, yeah, do you want to send this to your cool. phone? Yeah, man, that's a... F- if they don't take advantage of that idea, they're fucking losers. Yeah, it... Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to put out something that we haven't seen before. And... Um, I'm sure we've that's all. That's it right there. That that's the yeah. That's the key phrase. Something we haven't seen because that's what's going to cut through the noise. And why not monetize off of what we all do? And we're all guilty of it. We start researching something on the internet. Yes. Well, yeah. Technically, because sometimes, like, I'll go to porn and I'll find a porn <laughs> that I like, and down at the bottom will be a new porn, and yeah. I'll be like, "Huh, that chick's kind of hot. Let's see how she works it." And then I click on that one, and then it goes to another one, and then I click on that one, and then I've come exactly. like porn's got it all figured out. Exactly. <laughs> so porn- what else essential Jane in? Like that's that's those keywords are great. You yes, need those. The, the porn model is the way to go. Give me if you like this, you will love this. <laughs> Am I going to come at the end as well? Because that, that's a, that's, it just matters if you're into good. that. <laughs> Andrew comes the fucking comic book porn. You know, the, you know, Warner Brothers in D.C. are listening right now. And they're writing this shit down. They're like, oh, God damn, good. this is come good. Up with a good. This fine. is good shit. I don't, I don't need credit. Just have good ideas and come and like, I'll pay you. Come. I'll pay I, you that's to come. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> All right, let's go to a break. Oh, people say he's just a pretty face. D.C. on CW. Your junk, and I don't. I don't want someone judging me like that way. For all I know, you other know people are thinking that did. way. Yeah. Oh man, I can see this guy's penis, or I can't see his penis from my peripheral vision. You think way you too were, much about that. You were I'm a thinker. I'm a thinker. <laughs> so you're like saying, "Don't judge me. Let me look at your penis." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Einstein thought about the stars and how to solve problems and scientific equations. You thought about a dude's dick and it trunks out. Right. You're the Einstein of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> certain amount of geometry right to you know peripheral vision of seeing the cock there has to be oh no i, I challenge you. you i imagine you with this like sherlock mind palace imagining the shape of it and the, there's like numbers going around for circumference and length he probably like he know he clearly noticed you looking at his dick right so he no because i would no, no a shield is that what shield you do with a like, little Dick house with yeah. your hand. A yeah. little dick so house. So people can't with see you. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManshow.com. Have you missed an episode of DC on CW? If you have, this is what you've missed. 
Yeah. Sure, son. And story over. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we're going to need like 35 more minutes of cape shit. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Would that no. have been a doozy of an episode? Tell you what. Why didn't they just do that? Training montage cape. Throw my cape now. Try to get some bad guys down on the ground and throw them up into the air and knock someone out. Really good on the improv. <laughs> I am beyond impressed right now. <laughs> good Damn. job. Good like job. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, uh, that would have been. <laughs> I don't even know what to do now. I feel like we're done. Well, I think Bye. Over. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Have a good night. Mike, I got the next promo. <laughs> Don't miss DC on CW every week on Rain Man Digital, covering topics from Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD, plus free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. You're listening to Rain Man Digital's DC on CW. All right, now we're done cleaning up the cum. Let's get into the episode. Oh. What? Oh, that's not a thing. No. Oh, we don't no. have any. We don't have any jizz moppers in the studio. <laughs> I was wiping it up with my shirt. Okay. It's really awkward. Yeah, I can't afford them. It's gonna be dry when I get home. Deb's gonna be pissed. Oh. All right, today we're going to be getting into season six, episode twenty-one, docket number Fibonacci sequence. I'm not going to read the numbers again. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Directed by Andy uh, Armaginian, uh, story by The Googs, which just the story by, and teleplay by Uriah Mohammed Tyrone B. Carter. Angelica. Is that, is that all one name? You're, what? No, no, it was two people. Oh. And, sorry. Jesus, that was a long name. <laughs> well, he he wasn't Muslim and then he converted, but he didn't want to give up his slave name. I'm Uba Muhammad Tyrone, God bitch. Damn it. <laughs> That's what it sounded like you said. It sounds about right. All right. Angelica, what happened? Well, first, Diggle flies in like a motherfucking superhero, <laughs> which brings us to all of our supporting characters, which I'm super glad that they're all finally coming to their senses. They're not shitty. They're creating Team B to be better or more bearable. And then the episode turns into Law and Order. And here we are. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you started off with Diggle. I'm going to start off with Rambo Diggle. That was awesome. I mean, that was basically a live action Call of Duty cutscene as he <laughs> yeah. comes flying in on a parachute with a fucking machine gun just mowing down fools. 
But I felt like it was so deserved. Like we haven't seen Diggle be a badass in a while. And it was it was cool to see like he was in his element. It it felt like his character was so useful and he hasn't been like that in such a long time. It felt like he was home and it was really cool to see. Big ass smile on his face as he's just yeah. fucking mowing people down. Taking care of business. He really was. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was watching for a moment. <laughs> Either did yeah. I. I thought I was watching the wrong show. I'm like, what is this? This is fucking insane. It had a weird filter on it. I wouldn't, I would almost <laughs> expect Diggle to wake up in the courtroom the way like they had that foggy filter <laughs> over it. Like he was dreaming about this is what was happening. I dream of killing people. Yes. Is that a sitcom? It's <laughs> like a sitcom. Yes. It's on CBS after everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> but I, uh, I agree. It was so exciting to see him do that because we haven't seen him do that. And so, long and it was rightfully so over the top <laughs> it's just absurd it felt like i was watching an eli roth or tarantino like in Hell the yeah. middle of a fight scene sequence you're just it was wait- insane you're just waiting for a guy with a bloody stump to run by screaming yeah. as it's I re- blood everywhere i really didn't know what i was watching and it was and w- when i realized it was diggle i literally laughed out loud i was like holy shit this is amazing it's diggle just mowing people down <laughs> And not just mowing people down, he stabbed the dude in the throat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fuck but, yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was the most diggle thing we've seen in forever, like Angelica it, said. Yeah, it was It good. goes back to our normal, like, not superpower heroes being fucking badasses. Yep. And we missed that. And we got that. It was super cool to see. Now, did you know who it was when he rescued him? I assumed it had to do with that whole scenario that was going to happen or unfold in the courtroom. Yeah, I, I, I and we had our theories. We had our theories, and it was like there was no way that that was the real Tommy, like somehow in some yeah. internment camp or whatever the hell it was. And so I was like, oh, it, we are we're getting the human target here, which I I appreciate, and we'll get into that later of how they used them this week, but. The other thing that happened this week is we continued down that path of course correction where I want to say probably the last five or six weeks, we've seen a different change in the writing style. And even though Goog's name somehow appears as a story by on this episode, I can uh, pretty much confirm that he had absolutely nothing to do with the actual things that happened because it was so well-written and badass and they the characters right again this week and typically how it works bob is when a showrunner is removed uh they're usually removed at the end of a season and if they're not removed at the end of the season like this happened then they were removed probably about three episodes into the winter yeah so guggenheim's done uh miracle it seems like it was a fast move too yeah, and, and Miracle's done as well. Like, they're done. They're not promoting. Look who's doing all the promotion Beth now. Schwartz. It's Beth Schwartz, the new showrunner. So, yes, he's getting the credit because it's a union, and he probably drafted out an early draft of this story, but it doesn't mean he was actually in there. So you're right. And the course correction, it, it's obvious. If you look at the last four or five episodes, all right, mm-hmm. particularly the last three, you can easily start telling you can usually you can easily tell that they're on one mission. The mission is to end the season and fix all the issues 
that they had pro- that people had problems with the character problems, the character of their them not really having a bad guy. Diaz, I guarantee you, was not supposed to be the main villain. I guarantee it. There is so much course correction to prove that he's deserving of this big bad. And so far it's working. Laurel, there was no inkling that Laurel had abusive domestic violence issues because that's what they're using her her character for now. They're exploring uh, the ideas of abuse and what it does. And now it's believable for her to be under the thumb of Diaz made no sense to me. So I'm like, how can you be under the thumb of this dude when he has zero power and you can easily kill him? To me, it feels like they're fixing it by giving her that little bit that she's yeah. she's she's broken. She's dealing with issues of abuse. That makes sense. That's logical. So so you brought up Laurel. So let's start with her. Um, at any point, did you guys think that she was really going to rat out Oliver? You know, when no. that came up? No. Uh, if no, if this was Guggenheim, yes. But because we know he's gone, uh-huh. this is a logical decision. This makes sense to her character development that they've been toying with for the past four or five episodes. It makes sense to what they're doing. And, and, and Mike, you brought up the Diaz thing. And I know, Angelica, you were one of like the biggest, like, why the fuck is she still in this? And I, I still, with this episode, I had a hard time with being like, why, why don't you, you are powerful. Stand up for yourself. Like, why aren't you? defending yourself or just fucking this guy straight up and i i see what mike's saying but it's not being shown to me as much no no you're right it hasn't but i feel like they've been working towards that for the past three episodes that's the only time i've seen it i've seen it for the past three or four episodes and that is it there is no hint or preview of any of that type of behavior and Laurel or issues that she has early on. It's only been the last three or four episodes. And that's why we're talking about course correction, because it feels like they're trying to make logical decisions. It feels like they're saying, well, Laurel is all over the place. Diaz is all over the place. How are we going to fix this character so that she actually makes sense and she's relevant to the story? Well, let's give her daddy issues. They gave her some serious daddy issues. Look how Diaz speaks to her. Diaz speaks to her Ugh. like an abuse. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, creepy. God, I, okay, uh, personal, but <laughs> I used to like when people would be like, yeah, good girl, like that kind of thing during sexy times. And now I never fucking want to hear it again because of the way that he says it. Like, I'm like, it's disgusting yeah. the way he's like, yeah, that's a good girl. And I'm like, oh, yeah. gross. So yeah, I, I'm not into that anymore. You know, Thank it you very her much. Up now. It's, <laughs> it's very creepy. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that one bit. It's very creepy and it's there to drive home a point. And it's only been there for about four episodes or so. And that's it. It's there because they're trying to correct and make Laurel make logical decisions. Because right now it doesn't. Oh, up until that point, up until a month ago, it didn't make sense. Like, what the fuck are you doing? She's running around and she's just jumping. Look like she's jumping from dick to dick. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And now they're bringing home the creepy daddy vibes and they're doing it purposely. He's he's manipulating her. And if you read up on domestic violence and domestic abuse, this is exactly how they keep control of women who otherwise would be stronger than them. They make them feel weak. They make them feel threatened. They make them feel like they have no way out. 
And that's what Diaz has done, specifically with the fact that he is playing the daddy role purposely because he knows that she has daddy problems, daddy issues. And, you know, we saw a little bit more of her and actually Drunk Captain Lance this week where he didn't seem as creepy towards her either. Because if you remember five or six weeks ago, I pretty much thought they were going to fuck. Because it was creepy incest vibes between the two of I them. I thought you were going to bring that up again when you were talking about jumping from dick to dick. Oh, like that daddy that dick. was part of the dick to dick. <laughs> don't, don't be quick to judge Lance, okay, Bob? She's from another universe. She's not her, his daughter. It doesn't like. Oh my god. <laughs> We've. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's a thing. Just DNA. DNA doesn't jump universes. It, it doesn't. It. Uh, what is the vibe at the, a different? Yeah. Different yeah. frequency. Her DNA vibes at a different frequency, so it's okay. Fuck off. So, so his sperm so can much. never <laughs> penetrate her egg. Exactly. It's no chance of retardo oh kids. God. I don't know if you know that science. It's actual science. Yeah, you can't impregnate someone from another reality. Yeah, Tony told the us the semen that. does not vibrate the same frequency. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> but but you saw him actually stand up and give her fatherly advice. It's probably one of the weirdest scenes that I've seen because. Basically, it was from here to Mike the, <laughs> when they talked from the reporters were like, oh, she can't talk. Oh, we're far enough away now. You know, they did that weird yeah. arrow thing where. Thank you. That's when I text you yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, let's just talk really loudly in front of reporters. No big deal. <laughs> and, well, so different than William walking in, like talking about his dad. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah, they did that a bunch. <laughs> that was like one of my things that were. We always talk about is if it ever brings me out of what I'm watching, you probably did it wrong. And that was one of them. Yeah, I know my dad's the Green Arrow, but, yeah, you know, he's going to get off. And I thought that was scary, but this is way scarier. It's like, all right, shut I'm up, like, kid. Keep your mouth down. Shut up. Yeah. But you know what? It's not. That's not an Arrow problem. That's a TV oh, problem. Yeah, because they, they don't do wanna... that in TV shows all the time. And it, it aggravates me. I'm like, why are you talking about this so loud? Because they don't they don't want to. <laughs> they don't want a hard cut. They don't want to set up another scene to where they walk into another room and have to talk with your eyes. <laughs> Sign language. <laughs> Just start texting each other. <laughs> Morris yeah. code. But, yeah. you know, what we see Lance give her giving her you know, good fatherly advice that she it got to her. And it, it, I don't know if I expected that one either. I wasn't sure where they were going with it, with the whole Lance thing. And I really appreciate what she, the scenes between the two. Yeah. You know, even when they were with news 52 and they're like, Oh, you oh. want your sound bite? Like, do you think, do you think they're making their scenes in, in front of people? So it's less awkward. So it's not as intimate. Think about it. All their scenes were in front of other people. That's true. That way we're not going. Why are they talking like this by in front of a campfire? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, yeah. Ma- that makes sense. Because maybe that awkwardness that that felt weird to you, Bob and Angelica earlier on, maybe that was just the writers, the uh, the previous writers just making weird shit because they don't know what because the yeah. our search history doing. has uh brother and sister porn in it yeah exactly <laughs> it all goes back to porn <laughs> always so like i mean i feel like setting like having now that like i think about it having those conversations like in public and things like that it does make it less intimate it does make it more comfortable as a viewer to watch yeah it's not like them by themselves too close together yeah yeah i, I think that look at them fixing things yeah and that's course correction bob right yep. angelica that's exactly what we're talking about because it's not just from 
you know, the obvious writing decisions. Like we, when we think course correction, right. sometimes we think, well, the story itself and how it moves forward, but it's also the interactions between the characters, showrunners, you know, work on those things as well. And so that the, the directors have a clear, concise path to go in. And it feels like just everything's connecting finally and working. And they're trying to fix even the oddities like the Laurel and Lance relationship that did feel creepy and they're turning it and and morphing it into something that actually makes more sense. And I don't know if you noticed, yeah. did you notice how uh Team B's lair wasn't so dark and gloomy this week? Yeah. Even what they were wearing. So they were wearing like not blacks and things like that. They were wearing soft grays. Uh, even Dinah's lipstick was a lot softer and more of a purpley color. I was like, look how soft everyone looks. Yeah, the, the color like, palette. It's not super harsh. Has definitely changed over the, the weeks too. Um, yeah. let's, let's get into Wild Dog a little bit because this one actually shocked me the most because Ugh. I didn't think there was a comeback for him. No, and, such redemption. Oh my God. And they magically yes. did it with like what, four lines right at the beginning of the show where it's like, yep. yeah, Oliver's an asshole, but he doesn't deserve this. And I was like, that doesn't sound like anything you ever said before. Yeah. What the holy f- logic. Right. (laughs) And it's just like this whole episode was things like this that were just catching me off guard. Mature decisions that actually make sense. Yes. And and, and it's a continuation of last week's mature decisions. Yeah. It wasn't just like this one writer came in and thought I should write Wild Dog or Renee this way. It was all right. We're going to continue this on this week. And there was a point there where I felt bad for him for the first time when he's on trial or uh, in the, the, you know, the witness stand and Diaz walks in with his kid. Oh, motherfucker. I was like, Oh, jump out, fucking fight him right now. Fucking fight him. Like that's all I was waiting for. Yeah. And I, I, I felt for him. I felt his pain and I felt the struggle of what he was going through there. And again, five, six weeks ago, I'd have been like, fuck it, kill his daughter. No, it, it that go- dude's a douchebag. Yeah. And it goes right back to logical decisions because visually we need to see things sometimes. And because they visually showed us that his daughter's at risk, we're like, okay, this guy tried really hard to do the right thing. He, it was, you could, the directing was great. The acting was great. Oh, you yeah. could see the pain in his eyes. He did not want to well, be the person responsible again for throwing Oliver under the bus and, you, and you, even the pacing of the camera and stuff yes. how it went like f- from like his daughter to him to oliver and oliver just like giving him like the go-ahead like we're fucked yeah, like didn't, do it didn't do that, what you have to do didn't that work angelica that worked so well yeah. when when oliver said renee that's all he said renee yeah. i was like oh that like hit my heart it's like dude he's willing to sell himself out so that renee wild dog doesn't feel guilty protecting his own child I mean, that, that is was, some good decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was a very emotional, well done scene. Uh, you're right, Angelica. The camera work, to go to Oliver and to, to see that Oliver recognizes that there is an issue going on in the courtroom that Renee has no control over and that Renee was going to do the good, you know, the good thing for him. Yeah, it, and everyone looks around. Everyone looks and sees it too. Like everyone, like from the team and stuff. Like it's like every every it. every asshole in the room knows that Diaz is a bad guy. Except, yeah, <laughs> you know, nobody can do anything about it. And I think that's where we kind of got our course correction with Diaz is that we believe that he would have fucking done something to a kid. Yeah, like, oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, 
um, you know, after last week where we saw he doesn't fight with honor, that everything he does is on that thug life mentality that, you know, you believe that this dude would walk up with his police force and go kidnap somebody's kid to take advantage of this situation. Yeah. And if you noticed everything, everything is centered around Oliver, meaning all motivation. Mm hmm. It, the show has not been like that in four years. Where five years, uh, three years, we'll say. <laughs> the show has not uh, been centered around Oliver, meaning even the decisions that are made. For example, we need to forgive Wild Dog, right? Yep. Otherwise, we hate him. Mm -hmm. So who forgave him? Oliver. Because Oliver's the Oliver's hero. Oliver's us. Yes. Oliver is the hero of the show. And when you write a show that's about the arrow, the green arrow, it needs to be from his perspective. Even when we're not on him, it needs to be from his perspective. And once he gives the go ahead, like, I forgive you, Renee, and he makes that move, we're like, you know what? Yeah. We, we forgive him because he went, he did right by Oliver and Oliver forgave him. That's how you write these, these characters. And over the last three years, they do nothing but assassinate character, assassinate Oliver and, and, and not bring everything to his perspective. So that's another way to course correct these characters like they did with Wild Dog is bring it back to Oliver's perspective. Make us see him through Oliver's eyes and in, in essence. Yep. And, uh, so, you know, going on to another person that I wasn't sure if I'd ever like her again. Uh, Dinah has kind of dropped this whole canary thing and hopefully it's never mentioned again. Oh, Jesus. Be what? What? No, the canary battles between her oh, and, oh, and oh, Black yeah, Siren? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, no, not her as Black Canary, but <laughs> it's just, she's not being so fucking bitter and petty towards, you know, uh, the Black Siren character. She was for a second and I was like, bitch, <laughs> yeah. you stop it. Um, In this episode she was? For a half a second, she and I was like, "Don't do this, please," because everything felt Wait, right when? when they were in their little wannabe team arrow cave. When they're in their bunker at the beginning, yes, yeah, and she was like questioning while why Wild Dog even cared about what happened to Oliver, and like, oh come on, really? You want him to go to prison? And then they kind of switched it where she said, "Yeah, oh. you're right. We don't want him to go to prison. He doesn't deserve <laughs> right. that." I'm like, "You bitch, you better say that." Yeah, and so what? Stupid. <laughs> The way that they did it was interesting with the, the examination of the prosecutor bringing up the fact that she might have killed that dude. Yeah. I I did not see that coming, like her being kind of put on the stand as a murderer to, to kind of take down her character as a person. Um, I told and going back to like the beginning with like team B, like meeting together. I thought it was funny. The whole like talking about how she was like, I'm going to play the fifth. And they're trying to make a game plan and they're being logical and they're like, no, don't do that. That's like instant perjury. Mm -hmm. And I was like, haven't you ever seen the OJ trial? <laughs> and <laughs> don't do that. But it was very suspenseful to watch. And it was it was good TV, guys. Yeah. Well, again, I think the procedural courtroom drama is a hard thing to get wrong these days. We only have 9,734 law and orders. <laughs> How fucking perfect was that? <laughs> <laughs> but you know you, you have a model to go off of that's been around for 20 years and they, they they played it off perfect with her and i almost felt like she was gonna a few good minute with jack nicholson like i kill who i need to kill <laughs> you know give one of those speeches there instead of pleading the fifth amendment i thought it was gonna come out like he deserved to die 
I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, I, I'm rooting for you right now. I feel bad for you in the situation you're in. And so, But I like the way that they played it to where she she felt trapped and she didn't want, she, like, it shows that she has a weakness and she's just not, like, a super cocky cock or anything. Like, right. she, she has weaknesses. Yeah. And it's okay. I like what they did with her this week, though I feel like there's a lot more to go. To fix her. Yes. Oh, no. She's by far, like, still down that shithole. To me, she made, like, Wild Dog made some arrogant decisions, but that was kind of on par with some of his, with his personality for the past year and a half. And also, he made some bad decisions based on his daughter. I don't like the aftermath, and I don't like the writing and how they went about, but at least as an audience, I can, I can look back and say, you know what? At least his decisions were based on his child. Dinah made her decisions based on on Dick, on a dude that was bad, that was a dude that tried to murder everybody. Oliver, her, Curtis, and Wild Dog last the previous season, and had no care or two fucks about anybody else in that city. Yeah, that to me felt weird, especially since she has a very different. She's about saving people. She's about being the hero. She's she has taken that. Uh, I guess she's it's become important to her. So it just felt off. And for her to turn on Oliver because Oliver's like, hey, you know what? You need to I mean, you need to rethink this. This doesn't make any sense. This dude is bad. He's using you. Yeah. It, I, they, they have a long way to go. No, by to far. Fix her character. She is the one that is probably, like I said, further down the shithole. She's the, the most broken yes. for sure. All right. Uh, you want more DC on CW? Go to patreon.com slash Digital to get some. We are constantly adding additional content each and every month, including DC on CW Presents, where DC on CW hosts discuss in any and all things DC related. Like me and Angelica are working on uh, HBO's Watchmen right now. So that should be coming out soon. Um, also, yeah, also, I'm excited. Yeah, I think we all are. If they do it right, it's going to be another badass HBO show. Uh, we are also doing the Black Lightning series now. We've added that to our lineup of shows to cover, but in order to hear our discussions on the series, you've got to pledge to our Patreon. When you pledge $5 or more a month, you will gain access to this, plus hours of additional Rain Man content. Help us out. Go join. Keep Mike alive. Yes, please. He's <laughs> I like to live. He's dying. Yeah. Not really. He's but fine. He's got a glass of wine. He actually, How did you know? Does. <laughs> Do I have a video on right now? <laughs> like, uh, are we live? Uh, live on Facebook. I'm in the studio, obviously, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I set up a camera so she can see us. Yep. Fucking creepy. It's real, it's real creepy during the breaks when you guys are doing dirty stiff. Ooh. It's a different Patreon tier. If you want that, <laughs> go to patreon.com. That's like $3,000. <laughs> You will sell your butthole for $3,000? A day. A day. Oh, I was like, damn, Mike. You're cheap. Even that's a little too low. Let, let's let's take that up to about a million five. Okay. We're just workshopping no, you, it. Don't go pledge. You already said it. You already said it. It's real. $3,000, guys. No bait and switch, Mike. Sure. No bait and switch. <laughs> Why'd you cancel? Mike raises butthole price. Oh, okay, stop. <laughs> that's enough. All right, so... At the beginning, we saw this mystery man get rescued, and of course, it ended up being the human target. Um, and they used him really well throughout the episode because I think we all believed he was only going to show up for that Tommy scene. It worked. It worked for me. Now, let's get into that Tommy scene. 
because one, it scared the shit out of me. Even though I knew he was coming <laughs> into the thing, it was so loud when he busted through and it was done so like at a quiet moment in the courtroom. Uh, if I was a cop, I probably would have shot that fool coming through the roof. Now, we, we talked a little bit earlier about all the trades and everybody spoiling stuff. I sent out a tweet going, man, these shows, CW shows would be a lot better if y'all stop fucking putting things in your preview. If I didn't know this was Tommy, based on their previews from last week, their previews on um, Twitter, you know, all these things that were going out for yeah. press for Tommy. I don't know why they do that. I would have looked exactly like Oliver did when he fell through the fucking roof. Yeah. Well, and they what they could have done is like the press for Tommy, but not said like it was for this week because then we could have been speculating like, oh my gosh, is that for next season? Things like that. It it would have just left more room for us to actually enjoy what was happening and be surprised. Yeah, because there there is something to that, and I think we all appreciate that when we can go into a movie and be shocked by something. You know, or a TV show and be like, wow, I did not see that death coming. I did not see that person returning. And, you know, um, I think we had that with Deadshot like two seasons ago when he returned after he got put on the, the shelf by DC. And we're like, what the fuck just happened? And, you know, we didn't expect this. It wasn't advertised. It wasn't promoted. And it was so fucking great. You're going to get the press no matter what. It's like, I don't know why they spoil these things so fucking early. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I I get that these TV shows live on promotion and they it's just the this day and age with how split the market is. There's so many options on TV that they're constantly promoting, constantly promoting. And maybe there's people from two years ago that quit watching the show and they're like, oh, shit, Tommy's coming back. And that's why they do it. They want that little bit of bump for 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 their ratings. And I, I feel like it's. Guess what? If the episode comes out and people hear about it after it airs, you're going to still still going to do the same thing. People are going to have, you know, watch it within those three or seven days that also count for the ratings. I feel like they do give away way too much. And I, and I do get it. It's a catch 22. You have to market. You have to promote. But why? Why something like this? Because yeah, you spend a whole week speculating and kind of everybody figuring out that it had to be a it had to be the human target. You know, or, you know, you called it, Bob. You said the human target, right? Yeah. Yeah. The other things that came up based on our Twitter and Facebook and Instagram was that uh, Diggle is supposed to appear on Flash, that Diggle had Cisco bring Tommy over from another universe, that uh, Laurel was going to bring back a Tommy from another universe, you know, just to make up with Oliver. And I'm glad they went with the human target route because it is such a badass character that I, I wish. You know, that TV show would have caught on a little bit more. It was a great TV show. Because it's such a cool DC character that we don't see enough of. Yeah. And And I'm glad that they didn't throw him away either, like kill him or anything like that. He was like, I'll need your help again. Or like, I owe you a favor. So possible team ups in the future, maybe. Yeah, I agree. It's it's good to have a character like that in the... And the chest, you know, the toolbox that you can go through and, and, and say, hey, you know what? We haven't seen him in a while. Let's use him because, A, he's a good actor. B, he's a very interesting character, Bob. I agree. Yeah. He, he is so cool. And if people don't know who he is, shame on you. He's fantastic. And his character kind of fits the the more gritty, grounded story that Arrow is. Yeah. So I think ultimately the decision to use human target is more on par with Arrow than if they did do something like pulling him from another universe or this feels more grounded in what this show is about. Yeah, it's getting back 
to the comics. It's getting back to what we wanted to see with this show. Yeah. And even though that Tommy didn't really return, um, we saw good acting by, uh, was it Colin Donnell? Mm-hmm. Um, this week, his arrogance as Tommy Merlin as Arrow, as he's walking with the police to the 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 van, it, oh, it, so good. it was just such a good scene, and it made me miss Tommy so much because there's so much that they left on the table with him. I agree, and he, it sucks that it was Human Target, but we still got like that piece of Tommy Merlin that we missed from those first couple seasons, and it, it was so good, and they used it well. And again, we didn't see the Arrow as much as we normally do, but we had that rescue scene, which was another well done. You know, you see Wild Dog and Diggle in fucking broad daylight for the first time in who knows how long pull off a rescue attempt. And it shows how desperate they both are to rescue Oliver, to do to do right by him. The fact that they have all gone their other their own directions, at least they have loyalty to keeping him out of prison. And I felt like the fact that they did do that, because I noticed that too, the fact that they're doing this in broad daylight at the courthouse with where, cops. Where, where'd the Puerto Rican kid go and the giant black man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I felt like it meant even more. And th- then now this goes back to the, to fi- the to the finer nuances of writing. This is a writing decision because mm-hmm. those little things do a lot for the audience. Those little calls that people don't realize are things people talk about in the writing room. Like it's important. It, it does a lot for the story because it says a lot about those characters and what they're willing to do, especially when wild dogs on course correct mode right now. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they get, they get him rescued and I'm pretty sure we all thought he was done for the, the, the week, you know, Oh, we'll see him next year. Or next time they need to bring him out. And then I was shocked as fuck when they, he was the judge. He took over the judge. Boy, were we wrong. We got real bamboozled. See, I thought I thought Dig and and Renee were going to like go like see what the like what Diaz was holding over the judge and yep. then they were like if it was their kid or something like that and tell them that Argus was going to protect their kid, something along the lines of that. But but don't, like you said, that's exactly what I thought. That's ex- see, and this is what good writing does. It makes you like, oh, oh, well, that works. <laughs> yes, and and the fact, look at, go back and look. The fact that this is forethought in your writing. When Wild Dog looked at Diggle and said, "I have a plan," we they left and we forgot about it. Right. Yeah. But then when the judge came and he changed his opinion, air quotes here on Oliver, you immediately your mind goes to, oh, that must have been the plan. So it fools you into seeing the same thing they just pulled off 20 minutes earlier by using the human target. That's fucking quality writing. Yeah. And it just shocked the hell out of me. And I think the best part of it is when he throws his face at William in the bunker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, they uh, well well you good use of the human target this week. I can't applaud you guys more. I want to know if the human target can look like a hot chick. Uh, I don't think he has the legs to pull it no. off. Like, what if he wanted to look at look like Laurel for a bit? <laughs> I'm just wondering. I was wondering if he could do it. Uh, would you hit it? What? Well, he'd have he would have a peen. So oh. I mean, if that's what you're into. Listen, I don't don't just like a makeout for three thousand for Patreon. Hold on, Angelica, <laughs> Angelica was a little too accusing with that one. <laughs> like, simmer down there. <laughs> oh. oh man, 
So, what we were talking uh, about? <laughs> I don't know. So the, the, some of the other things that were going on in the courtroom that I thought were interesting was Oliver's willingness to tell his lawyer that he was the Green Arrow. Um, because- also, right before fucking Diaz's like copper guys were like, I'm just going to listen to you guys talk. And then all of a sudden it was like, just kidding, don't care. And they weren't <laughs> in the room when like he was talking to his lawyer and spilling the beans about everything all those other times. Yeah, yeah that, that I did question that too. That was a bit. Odd. Ma- magically, when the one important thing comes out, the guy's not in the room. Yeah, but then yeah. again, they were also in the middle of court, and maybe they. Again, this is me just looking for oh. logic. You know, they also were busy fucking all up on Dinah and Diggle. Yeah, when piece of shit Diaz was <laughs> being an asshole and took Renee's kid, and then they walked out, and badass Diggle was like, "Fuck you up, kid," and then yeah. they tried to, and then. Mushmouth Diaz was like, Mush. get him, copper boys, or whatever. <laughs> I think he, I'm going to just do sound bites of all her explanations of certain things. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mushmouth Copper Boys? Yeah. I mean, her synapses and then this little rant yes. she just went on are perfect. Yes. that I mean, I think it. that's all we need for promotion on the show. <laughs> but you're right. We we had that. That was an awesome scene, too, to where you really thought Diggle was going to pull the fucking trigger or, you know, not. Gun wise, but take out Diaz. Um, you know, we I love this. I love that we're seeing like just emotion as he should be. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And the other one that kind of threw me off guard was I wasn't sure where they were gonna go with the doctor, you know, the the team arrow doctor that's magically been uh, fixing him for 104 years now. Yeah. Um I I was caught off guard by that and I was it was a good writing technique and like again the way they use the courtroom scenes to get out stories and to get out information without people really actually telling anything you know nobody really gave up any information they were just answering the questions and it was a smart way of how to write this and it's really uh, it's- I love oh go ahead. no go ahead I was just no you I go. was just thinking about that really bitchy fucking lawyer I loved her she was the worst <laughs> You're like I, I believe you. Everything you're doing right now, the you're well, a witch lady, and I hate you, but I love you. What kind of voodoo do you know? Yeah, <laughs> she's a good actress. That lady, she's from the Shield, and she's in, uh, she's in uh, Agents of Shield right now as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I um, what was I talking about? What was I? Gonna, what we, were you asking? We were talking about the doctor and the tell. Yes. And- See, I also feel like it's they're trying to. I want to say this is all about fixing Oliver a bit to the audience and to our view, because the, we this episode was an example of the loyalty he does have. And I feel like it diminishes our heroes when nobody's loyal to him. Nobody listens to him. Nobody really cares about him except the obvious, you know, Felicity, his son and Diggle. And this guy has sold his soul and has done so much for this city and to like sit down in the court and see people willing to do something for him. Even the doctor who knows he is the green arrow uh-huh. and she's willing to perjure herself and, and use the, you know, doctor patient, you know, rules. It makes you feel good that Oliver is not an asshole, that he's not an asshat that nobody can respect. Yeah. And, and you brought up, um, the fact that he's done so much for the city. Did you at any point, either of you think that they were going to go with that defense of, yes, I am the Green Arrow, but I've saved the city from this, 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 and this. So are we even? I I think it was something that Ryan said that he wanted, like they wanted like an Iron Man moment. But 
Oliver doesn't have that money anymore. He can't afford to be Iron Man. Yeah. Like he can't he can't do it. So I'm glad they didn't go that route. See, I was on the side of that as well, but the way they explained it from his mouth this the, week. The target. It, it, I mean, it made so much sense. It made sense, and I quit asking that. I'm like, you know what? He doesn't need to come out. It, it makes sense. He's right. He has a wife. He has a child. If this was three years ago, then him coming out as as the Green Arrow would make a little more sense. But why would you do that? Why would you do that just to save yourself when you are essentially putting a target on the backs of the people you love, especially when you know he made that point that said, I've been doing this for six years. That's a lot of enemies. Yeah, a lot of enemies. So it made a lot of sense. And again, it's it was an example of a logical decision from the writers to bring that out and explain that to us, even though we know sometimes we need to be reminded. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's OK to monologue at us every once in a while. Yeah. Even the point where they were talking about, OK, well, let's go ahead and try to show them what a piece of shit Diaz is. And that was my question, too, yeah. is like. Why doesn't someone just look over at the jury and be like, anyone who's been like personally victimized by Regina George, I mean, Diaz, <laughs> raise your hand. And I feel like everyone would be like, it was all of us. Like, that was my question is, was the jury being manipulated by Diaz and was it all of them? Or like, does that, I, I'm glad they didn't completely go into it too much because at the end of it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They took the facts that they needed and gave them to us like perfectly through this episode like we can speculate all we want about the jury i think we know that he had them in the pocket yeah i agree i I think that was the vague notion that was a vague notion i got because of what curtis said that was purposely done saying well how do we know they're not being you know coerced by by diaz and i think that was our answer yes they are and then even Oliver was like, they're not even going to know who he is. But in my mind, I was like, they're, they're going to know. Yeah. Like, he's fucking with their lives. But it, they just repeated a couple times throughout the episode of why they can't go that route. And I appreciate it. Yeah. So Mike brought up the, the fact of loyalty. And I think the most loyal mm-hmm. moments we saw this week were of a character that's been getting redemption now for probably like three years. And when Felicity took the stand and the things that she was saying... It was the most heartfelt thing. I think, you know, it just wrapped up her redemption in a nice little bow for us to where I appreciated everything that she was saying. And the, the, the scenes between Oliver and William and her throughout the episode were some of the best acted scenes to where you truly believe that they were a family and they really were concerned about what was going on. Even when Lupita there at the end was like, I know he's the green arrow. I know he's the yes. green arrow, you know, and I was all worried was. about it. You know, you saw the, the that family bond like come together. Her name's not Lupita. I don't know what the it green is. arrow likes tamales. The gr- green arrow never. That around. was terrible. <laughs> You're Mexican. That was awful. <laughs> the green arrow likes horchata and tamales. <laughs> that that white man don't know how to fold a burrito. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> anyway. So it, just to see that loyalty and that, that felicity and just the yeah. kind of go back to thinking how bitchy she was. At, hey, simmer down. What? I can say that. <laughs> was. Past tense. She, Don't but, be offended. But she was. <laughs> yeah. But and, and to see her come back so strong and so passionate and, and you know, I've been in love with that man forever. When she said that, you believed everything that was coming out of her mouth. Yeah. It's even from the directing standpoint. Um, 
because even though they were trying, let's say the other showrunners were trying to fix her as well. Because I think even even though they're as d- dumb as shit when it comes to writing, I think even they knew they assassinated Felicity so bad that people just loathed and hated her. But even the last three or four episodes, I feel like even the directing when it comes to dealing with her has been better. She's lost her smugness because even when we were supposed to like her earlier in the season and even last year a bit, there was that smug felicity where you're like, I don't really believe what you're saying. Yeah. And I feel like I believe it now. I feel like she is act. She's actually acting different. She's dropping that smug routine that I want to smack off of her. It, 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 It aggravates me seeing it. So even that is helping her character as well. Well, and you talked about the direction. Like you could see the love in Oliver's eyes when they were flashing back and forth between the two. Oh, when yeah. When she said it, you know, was on the stand, you know, testifying for him. And it, again, it was it's a weird thing to think that we had this Arrow episode that had basically no Arrow in it, but was probably one of the best scene or shows we've seen in years. One of the top five episodes of the year for sure. Yeah. Angelica, what do you think about all that? Got quiet. Yes. Yes. You agree? Well, yeah. I mean, yes. All right. So (laughs) you guys are saying great things right now. (laughs) Well, you got quiet and I'm never sure. So she's here to encourage us. Yes. Motivator. I'm the cheerleader right now. I'm I'm also waiting for the moment where we talk about the end. So the end. (laughs) It was great. How does this end? What do we think? Well, I thought it was the end of the season, so <laughs> I was, and I like walked away. I was like, "Oh, that's it. Okay." It, you're like, I "You're guess. right. Those stories are right. It did end different than any other season." Yeah, and then I was like, "Well, I guess Diaz is the big bad for next season," and I don't believe that. And that's why I text you. I was like, "Let's let's talk about in the show." Uh, I just don't buy him as the big bad right now. How can we make him better? But now, now I know, now that that you know it's time. not the end. It now may... I know it's not the end. Okay. Because uh, I was so confused when you sent me that text. I was like, I don't know what's going on. We'll have to talk about it. But, yeah. I, I but, Right now, I still don't feel like he's enough to be the big bad. But now that I know we've got more wiggle room to see where this is going, it's fine. Okay. I'm cool with I it. I think we only got one more episode. Well, crap. <laughs> so, do we see them facing off again? Who, uh, Oliver, and... Uh, Oliver and Diaz, like in another fight. Fuck yeah! You you want another? I don't know, actually. Uh, no, I want to see. Uh, I'm gonna fuck up his name right now because I'm just thinking of the pasta patrol. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> I want to see that Russian rigatoni guy come back. Thank you. I was like, totally. And I was like, nope, that's not his name at all. But I I want to see him. I want to see him destroy him. So you want to, you want to, you think that's the end, that that's the payback that he takes out Diaz? Do you want Pasta Vajoli coming back? Yes. I want Pasta Fagioli coming on back. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) That's how everyone says it at Olive Garden. You know it. What? I cannot. I cannot confirm or deny how Off Garden says. <laughs> All I know is that that's going to be a drop. It's <laughs> pasta fajoule. <laughs> Hate you guys. Anytime Ryan says anything, I'm just going to do that drop. <laughs> pasta fajoule. <laughs> God damn it. 
No, but I think uh, because we ended with him talking about honor, and then that could be like his redemption story too, because now he can go home. All right, we have two more episodes left, so. Okay, two more. Two more for Wiggle Room. Yep. All right. But that's, I think that's one of the things I want to see, because I'm not, I don't want to see like angry, vengeful, vengeful Oliver. I think we're past that. Yeah, we, we don't, you don't want the, we don't need the hood and the book back. And I'm afraid for like a one big team up, you know? I don't want team ups. Yeah. Like I want Oliver. This is him. He needs to have yeah. this, this, uh, to vindicate himself. And, you know, we did have that standoff. I want to say two episodes ago. Was, yeah. Or was it last week? Last week. Last week. And we already saw that Oliver. Invest him. Yeah, and Diaz cheats. So if we were to go for round two, even though I, I feel like we've already been there, done that, but let's say we do for whatever reason, then this time Oliver maintains his honorability. He stays honorable. Diaz cheats again, and Oliver uses that cheat against him. I think that's yeah. the only way you can end it and have them face off again because we've already proved he's already proven that he can kick his ass. Why do it again? So there has to be a, they have to double down. So he's got to turn that cheat into a win for himself, for Oliver. And yes. And uh, I almost agree with Angelica. I think Anatoly's going to have something to do with it. With he's all, got to, right? Right. With Oliver, with Oliver going and getting him back into the Bradva and paying off the debt, I feel like Anatoly has to, if they leave that wide open after he realizes that Diaz doesn't fight with honor, something's wrong. Yeah. You know, and that's another character that's on course correct mode. Yeah. In a big way. Yeah. And that was one of my biggest problems going off on a tangent for a moment. But that was one of my biggest problems with the season as well is Anatoly has been around since the first season and he's been a loyal friend of Oliver. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing to this guy right now this season? And the fact yeah. that they're turning him around now, it feels like it makes more sense. It's yet another logical decision. It fits the character that we've known for the past six years. Yep. And you're right. I didn't even think about it because he was not in this episode. He is definitely going to play a big part. Yeah. He, he definitely has to come back. If yeah. not, they've, they missed a boat on what they were doing or setting up two weeks ago or last week. Yeah. Well, do we want to get into final thoughts? Angelica, I think we've talked great, a lot. Great acting this episode. Yeah. I was impressed with everyone even mushmouth diaz like i don't like looking at his face at all but he did a great job of being a piece of shit scumbag and then even laurel i felt like at the very end uh now that we're talking about the progress that they're making with her and her like being abused type of thing look at the very last scene when she's basically finally got the balls to fight for herself the way that she goes in and the way that she's kind of defeated at the end too. that whole acting. It was amazing. They did a great job. Uh, courtroom scene. Fantastic. The pacing of this episode. Guys, we're just doing such great things. You're making TV enjoyable for me again. Yeah. With Arrow. It, and I appreciate it. Definitely not work. Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely. That was an Angelica answer. Yes. <laughs> definitely. The. Uh, no, without a doubt, top five episode of the season. And I think also on that list is probably the last three episodes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, 
because I love writing so much and I love showrunners, I respect what they do if you're good at it. And I, I, this goes to show you that the last three or four weeks shows you specifically this episode because I feel like all the work they've been doing for three or four weeks is paying off in this episode. It goes to show you how much control a showrunner really has. They're not in charge of just the writing. They're in charge of the entire set, the, the, the show, the editorial, the, the directing, putting the right directors with the right script. And this episode is a perfect example of that, of the showrunner picking the right people to make this episode that much better. Mm-hmm. Fantastic directing. I mean, the actors, the, the fact that they can invoke emotion like they did but sometimes with just their eyes. I mean, it was so good. Stephen Amell, and the P, he does not get enough credit as an actor. And this is an episode where he can show and say, look, fuckers, I can act. Because the moment he starts talking, the moment he starts working with Felicity, or even the, the moment at the end with Wild Dog, it, it's so sincere. It's believable. And it works. And I'm really excited that I didn't give up on Arrow, that I stuck with it through this season because I have high hopes now moving into the season finale and even into next year because they're making not just good writing decisions. And I'm not about my own expectations. I never expect writers on a TV show to do what I want because it's not my show. But if you're not going to do what I want, at least do things that are logical and that make sense. Be smart. And that's all I seen in this episode was smart decisions being made and things that they set up that will pay off later, like the Diggle and the wild dog moment, because that allows us to forget that there may be yet another reveal at the end. And it worked. Those are good decisions. And I'm looking forward to seeing what what's next for the first time. Yeah. And I, I can't agree with you guys more. It's it's progress is the only thing I can say is if. You would have told me two months ago when that shit show came on and we had to change the whole format of everything that we've done for two and a half years, three years, four years, whatever, however long we've been on. I would have, I was giving up on Arrow as a, you know, somebody that's been loyal from the beginning. It was just like, there's nothing that's going to fix this. And firing those showrunners was probably the best thing they could have ever done because the tone, the attitudes of the characters, the immaturity, it's oh. all like changed for the good. And I appreciate everything they're doing. I mean, the the only complaint I had was if, you, if I didn't know that was Tommy Merlin, I probably just would have been like, holy shit, and just screaming and texting everybody. Be like, you guys are never yeah. going to guess who the <laughs> fuck just showed up. You know, type that. I like, wish you didn't ruin it for me, Bob. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point, Angelica. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Whatever. You fuck. <laughs> yeah, I got. <laughs> I got to do promotion too. So, you know, uh, again, strong episode to come back on. It was, it was a good fun one to discuss. And, uh, these next two episodes, um, hopefully can continue that momentum. I'm stoked. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for today's DC on CW arrow edition. Remember you can always catch any past and future DC on CW episodes through the rain man digital app. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, DC on CW, Facebook.com slash DC on CW, and Instagram, DC on underscore on or CW. I think I said on too many times, but whatever. I'm done. Have a good night. Not in the mood for chit chat. Gotcha. Ready when you are. 